When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Well, well last night, I mean, K State was determined to make history. <laughs> oh. One way or the other. One way or the other. They were going to make history last night. That's either uh, have the uh, the most, what is it, wins in overtime in a season in NCAA history, or they were going to give up the biggest comeback in program history. I believe it was going to be the biggest pro, uh, comeback in program history. Allowed, that is. Yeah, allowed. And, uh, oh. That's because K-State was up 25 points. With 13 minutes and 4 seconds to go, they blow the lead. And I, I do want to give West Virginia credit for that. But the Cats found a way down 4 with less than a minute to go to tie it up. And and when that when those triple zeros hit, it, hit at the end of the second half, K-State had Josh Eiler in West Virginia right where they wanted him. <laughs> right where they wanted him. They know how to play the drama card. And they did last night. Cats survive against the worst team in the Big 12 by record. Final score, 94-90 in Bramblage Coliseum. K-State's now won two in a row. They're 17-11, 7-8 in the Big 12. Welcome to the game. Mitch Fortner with Troy Coverdale, David G, and A.J. Shaw's across our board wearing his lavender uh, polo today. He'll also take your phone calls, 785-537-1350. It's the phone number to call. Got a very special, actually two very special guests coming up here uh, later this hour. We joined by Manhattan High Wrestling Coach Sean Bomas and 120-pound state champion Caleb Hutchinson. They'll be stopping by to talk about winning the 6A crown, the fifth title in program history. So looking forward to that conversation, which will kick off here in about 20 minutes. Uh, hour number two, I do want to get into the whole court storing thing because you know, it was a handful of years ago, K-State ran into its own major issue of an incident that happened during, actually there's been two incidents that have happened during court stormings that did make national headlines, and that K-State addressed. But I got to bring up the topic, is it now the time to get rid of court storming? We'll get to a Jeroni of the Week, that'll be in hour number two. We'll ask us anything to wrap it up as well, but I wanted, of course, to just reflect and talk about yesterday's win over West Virginia to kick things off because you want to talk about a tale of two halves. Hmm. It doesn't get more tale of two halves than last night. In a win that K-State absolutely needed, could not afford the loss, and they flirted with both, blowing West Virginia out of the water, which they did in the first half, and then just about choke in the second half. The first half, K-State was unconscious yes. from the field. Mm-hmm. It was the best three-point, the best shooting performance, it felt like, of the entire season. Where K-State hits 11 threes in the first half. Could not miss. Arthur Kaluma, 
Tyler Perry, Day-Day Ames hit three. Cam Carter, David Gasson was one for one from three-point range last night. The Cats were hot and through one half was making a statement that for two straight games that the offense was improved. Mm -hmm. The guys are hitting shots the second half. And by the way, K-State was up 22 points at halftime. Yep. 48 to 26. Second half rolls around. A little bit of a different story, but it took seven minutes to get there. Because K-State was able to just kind of go back and forth with West Virginia. I think K-State, actually really both teams did a kind of a decent job of answering each other's buckets. But K-State found its largest lead with 13.04 to go. And they led 13, uh, I'm sorry, they led uh, 66-41 by 25 points. And then it became the Raekwon battle show. <laughs> and I th- I mean, we saw last night why this coaching staff recruited Raekwon battle. After seeing him play in the NCAA tournament, after seeing his body of work, what he did last night was actually quite incredible to watch. We saw the talent of Raekwon Battle, West Virginia guard, really excel last night. He was 6 of 9 from 3. He was a guy that was in single digits in the first half. And Raekwon Battle finished with 28 points. One point shy of Tyler Perry's 29. He was unconscious in the second half. Kirk Creesa, who's not as good of a shooter, because I mean, Battle... I think it's now for the last five games he has scored 21 or more points. Mm. I mean, this is the scouting report on the guy. He can, t- he can make some tough shots, and he made some tough shots in the second half. He's showing why he started his collegiate career at Washington, why they were big on him, only to not have it pan out, and so he went to Montana State, now winds up at West Virginia. And Kirk Creasy, he's, I mean, he's a transfer from Arizona. Um, the kid's got a mouth on him, a little bit of an attitude. Uh, got to clapping into Tyler Perry's face a little bit, but I, I will say, you know, I thought Creasy, with his trash talking and the clapping, he kind of backed it up. Mm-hmm. I because I think Kate, I think Casey was still up 15 points when he mm. clapped in Tyler Perry's face, and they completed the comeback. They took a four point lead. And Kirk Kreese finished with 25 points. And then Pat Sumnick off the bench had 10, but he did most of his damage in the first half. It was really the Kirk Kreese-Raquan battle. battle. <laughs> it was their efforts in the second half because they were hitting really tough shots. Um, you know, Kreese was left a little bit more open. I will say though, I mean, K State did a better job against Battle in the final minutes of the of the over of the uh, of the second half. And into overtime, he still hit a really tough shot in overtime to keep West Virginia in it. You know, despite K-State, and get to this clip here from Jerome Tang. Play that before I I get to my opinion next. Here's Tang about blowing the lead in the second half. There was a a time there where I thought we were playing not to lose, and we got a little tight, and, you know, whether it was my play calls or, you know, just our demeanor in the huddles, you know, I'll, I'll have to look at all of that, but Thankful we got it to overtime, and, and I like the look in their eyes when the buzzer sounded. We knew we were going to overtime. I was looking at guys that knew they were going to win. Well, The, the first part of that is I, I kind of agree. I, I will add that I saw a K-State team 
that went away from what they were in the first half. And it was like a mindset set, and in the second half, it's like, oh, we're up 25 points. We can grind a lot of this clock out, you know. It's like you're not taking knees yet, but you're just running the ball up the gut to try to run out the clock, you know what I mean? Prevent defense. Yeah, and it, and then K-State was a lot of one-and-dones. A lot of bricks, one-and-dones, or takes to the hoops, or there were more turnovers in the second half. K-State, offensively, the mentality got so far away from how good they were in the first half. It's like, I, I agree, I think they did settle a little bit. They got a little comfortable. And in the second half, West Virginia started to want it more. So each team had just went off in their own halves. But K-State being at home and their bad half happening in the second half really overshadowed K-State's work in the first half. At the end of the day, it looks like a 50-50 ball game because each team had a great half. K-State able to escape. So the moral, you know... It almost feels like a moral victory in a way, but K-State did, at the end of the day, take care of business, but it was so close from a historic loss. Mm-hmm. It was almost the the no doubt about it, final nail in the coffin, end of K-State season when it comes to an NCAA tournament oh, possibility. Absolutely would have ended it right then and there. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're up 25 with 13 minutes ago, and you, I mean, you can say... Well, I, you know, I look at the players' faces and I saw this or that. Um, that's on the whole team. Um, the coaching staff has to take some shots and some heat on this, too. You don't blow a 25-point lead without you having to take some of the responsibility for that. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. And it's not on a group of, of the players solely. It's on that coaching staff as well. They they should look in the mirror too and um, decide what what is it. How, how do I how do I properly motivate these guys, and how do I stay away from a situation like that again? Um, if you can't come away with some answers, then we're in trouble. Um, that was embarrassing, but it was it was awesome to see them come back and win the game. But that's 25-point lead, 13 minutes to go. It's over. 66-41. to You should kick it into that cruise control, and you should be able to put a team away. But when it happens like that, and I know the historic, like, shots that we're going to, like, that is, I think it's a, a, a double whammy and a perfect storm of things that happen together. And one of them being, you do have to say, Congratulations to West Virginia. Th- that was amazing. That that's that was, I th- I think I saw at one point they had well like fifty five points in the second half. I mean that that's amazing, man. Fifty three. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what the heck? That's crazy. That and hats off to them. And 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 that's part of it is the other team they get to devise plans too. So you you have to give them credit as well. It's not all on K State, but to just I don't know. I felt like. Sometimes I feel like um, the focus sometimes is a little wayward. I thought the comment about the students, too, I thought that was – I think just focus on what's the task at hand and don't focus on who's there. I, I think that's weird. You just referenced it. Jerome Tang in both the radio post game interview with Wyatt and Stan and then in the press conference 
once again a challenge to the students, wanting the students to show up because the last few games it's been a pretty poor turnout from the students. Thankful for our students who showed up. Got to have a talk with professors who have exams on game nights and see if we can do something about that. But uh, I just want to put a challenge out to our students. They text me. They they hit me on Instagram, ask me to repost things, to come by their sororities and fraternities and have dinner and speak, and, and we show up. We do that. And uh, when we have a home game, I need them to show up. You know, I'm actually kind of torn on that because I see – Kind of both sides of the argument, I really do, because sure. Drum Tang and this staff does stuff that nobody else around the country does. Sure. And they go all out for the student body to go to their events and show up to this or that and gave out a cell phone number. And but at the same time, I'm like, well, you also need to keep winning. And it's, mm-hmm. That goes on everywhere else as well. If you're not winning, the people typically don't want to watch a team lose in person. Kind of sucks when that happens. Yeah. And right now you're trying to make a push to get back on the bubble even for an NCAA tournament. Um, so take one less appearance at a fraternity or sorority. Um, post, worry about oh, Instagram one thing less. Um, and, and like, let's let's focus on what's going on. I did, I, honestly, I I feel like he's trying to skirt responsibility for what happened. And it's, it's I, I just, I just have... I just know coach speak so well by now. And a coach is supposed to go, hey, the guys weren't focused, and that's part of my problem. I gotta get these guys to 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 put the put the metal, pedal to the metal, blah, blah, blah. Do that instead of uh laying it all on them. I, I don't know. I there was I, I'm bitter about this one. It's a tough spot to be in when you have a lead like that at halftime. And winning has been a struggle for you for the most recent portion of your schedule. Yeah, both teams went in that game losing 7 of 9. Mm-hmm. Correct. Because, and you were right in, in your point about essentially you're looking to just grind the clock out. Mm-hmm. It gets into guys' minds. Mm-hmm. And the focus wasn't there. You're you're dead on about that. But, yes, that's where the, the coaching staff has to do a better job of ensuring it. But good luck. We've seen that, honestly, that focus has not been a strength of this team that, through much of this Big 12 season. That, you know, and I, I said that because, you know, I just keep talking, the inner dialogue you have, um, it, this team is what it is at this point in the season, and asking that team to one day turn around and become a team that puts people away like that when, when they have the shot and stay focused the team hasn't been able to do that all season, so I don't know why all of a sudden I, as a fan, am like, why can't they do that? You know, they, they haven't been able to do that all season. So. Because you'd like to see an ideal situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it hasn't been that. Right. But, you know, again, now you've got a stretch here where if they're able to keep their focus, three big games in front of them, and the tournament. Yeah, and Cincinnati's the next game. It's at 6 o'clock on a Saturday night, Saturday evening. And it's a game that, you know, Mitch Palm has had this kind of game in the back of its mind for a few weeks now. It's like, honestly, don't have a clue in what direction that game is going to go. Because offensively, K-State has found a spark. I think that is clear. It is not long division. (laughs) They're they're hitting shots. This is the difference right now. They're hitting more shots. They're hitting more threes. TP, I think, is playing his best basketball right now. Uh, 
You know, I've been very pleased in the last two games with Will McNair. Mm-hmm. Like David Gasson continues to play really well. You know, it's it's not hard to figure out what's going. You know, what's better, what's working right now. Right. You know, it, it's not the easiest explanation. But I think the simple answer is they're starting to make some shots. So mm-hmm. if Spark is there, maybe they're giving up a little bit of good defense to really spark that offense. But I'm okay with that if it means they're going to start winning some games. But I don't know. It just it was it wasn't I don't know think I would use the word shocking to explain the way that all went down. It was I think it was more shocking about how lights out West Virginia was in the second half. But I think you could say the same thing for K State in the first half. Sure, that was the. The third best game in program history of K-State shooting the three. Wow. Really? 15 threes. Third most in program history. Wow. And Tyler Perry, 29 points. Most as a Wildcat. Automatic. Automatic. I mean, it looked great. But they needed every one. They did. It's so weird to try to explain this other than just saying K-State had a hot first half. West Virginia was hot in the second half. They met in the middle for overtime. <laughs> that's what I'm going to tell myself. That's that's, that's the what goal. I'm say. That's the goal every game. That's what I'm going to say. You know, yeah. K State now, they've played what? They've played seven overtime games. Mm-hmm. So one more overtime, and they've played a whole nother game. Oh my god! This season, wow! I didn't even think about it like that. If they go one more, that's an entire. Game. And you know what's going to happen? It will. It's got to happen. Yeah, it has to. It has That's to. That's how they win games. They that get is overtime. the script for this team. At least it's a formula. At least we know, all right, <laughs> overtime it is. Get it done there. Extra five minutes. We're in better shape. Maybe the line isn't he's in shape, but he's in better shape. Let's take a break. Uh, very special guest coming in next. It is Manhattan High wrestling coach Sean Bomas and 120-pound state champion sophomore Kayla Hutchinson will be in studio when we come back on the game. We're back on the game. Mitch Fortner with Troy Coverdale, David G, AJ Shaw. Now joined in studio by a couple of special guests. This past Saturday, they were crowned 6A state champions. Manhattan High wrestling coach Sean Bomas and also 120-pound state champion in Kayla Hutchinson. Gentlemen, welcome into the studio. Congratulations on the title. Thank you. Appreciate it. Tell me about, uh, Coach, just first of all, what it means to the program now that Manhattan High has a fifth title under its belt, winning the 2024 title and uh, the statement, which you guys were, you know, number one in the state for a long time this year. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of had that thing all year of we haven't won anything yet. You know, we were ranked first for the good chunk of the season, but we had to keep reminding ourselves that uh, we haven't won it yet. So we still got to go earn it. And, you know, to get to number five for Manhattan High is pretty exciting. What about the number of all 13 wrestlers Qualifying for state. I know the regionals was a little bit different. I think the top eight ended up going and qualifying for state. But having all 13 wrestlers qualify for state is truly special. Yeah, it is. Uh, and, you know, we preach a lot about team, you know, and that, that trophy we got to help held up at the end of the tournament was a team type team title. And all 13 that went scored points towards that title. So that was that was really important for us. We also have Kayla Hutchinson in studio and uh, winner of the 120-pound individual state title. Tell me about your run this season and how your sophomore year was different from your freshman year because you changed from 106 pounds to 120 pounds. Was that a big adjustment for you? Um, it was a little bit. You know, wrestling bigger, more mature guys. Most of them are a lot older, coming from 106 to 120. Um 
I wrestled a lot of the same guys, but also different older opponents that I hadn't seen earlier in 106. Now, how did uh, like did you have to change anything with the diet because of, of tr- making sure you you weigh in at the proper weight? Did anything change in that area? Um, no, I was kind of the same, like r- little over the weight, so got to manage a little bit for 106 and 120. Just really the same thing, just heavier weight. Now, of course, Coach, you know Ezekiel Witt also went won a state championship at 113, but what can you say about Kayla Hutchinson, who's now won back-to-back state championships for your program? Yeah, I've been doing this for almost 19 years now, coaching high school, and Kayla was probably one of the most humble athletes I've ever had the privilege to work with. Um, last year after winning as a freshman, had about the same facial expression this year. It's back to work. Uh, it's just kidding it. One of the things you mentioned, Caleb, was the fact that you wrestled some of the same guys. And this is a, a theme when you get to this late in the season, the fact that you really are seeing a lot of the wrestlers that you have already seen through the course of the the season. You know, regionals, you wind up having Washburn Rule right there as well as Mill Valley. And you you wind up with so many of the same faces. How much juice does that add to each match as you go through? It's tough uh, to beat the same kid multiple times. Um, you know, Landon Dobson this weekend, between this weekend and last weekend, wrestled the same kid for liberal three times. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's tough to you kind of learn each other's uh, style and their technique, and it's it's tough to beat a good kid multiple times in a row. And we found that out on the bad side and the good side this weekend. So this year is a three-day run in state, both girls and boys at the same tournament, same three days, and your girls uh, also, you know, seven of your ten ended up making it to state. Um, were you a fan of the three-day tournament? Them together, three days, you know, it's a little bit longer than your typical tournament. Yeah, it was definitely different. Um, you know, the, the girls' side, we, they ran all eight mats. Um, you know, so you as a coach, you're constantly running back and forth, especially on the boys' side, having 13 participants all in one round. Uh, as coaches were scrambling to get make sure we were at everybody's mats. But it was nice in a way that you're kind of in and out. Um, you're not sitting around the bleachers all day long. So I think they're going to look at making a few tweaks to it next year to kind of speed up the Saturday part. But um, overall, I think I think I enjoyed that three-day. So you win the state title by 10 points. Comes down to day three. You know, at what point did you learn that you are state champions? At what area of the state tournament did you actually be able to cross the threshold and win the title? Where did it all take place? So before the finals, we're kind of – Looking at track, you know, looking at the, looking at all those numbers, and we're starting to do the math. How's it got to work out? And Zeke goes out and wins it, gets a bonus. Caleb goes out and wins his, puts his head by thirty points. We think, okay, Mill Valley has five kids left. They have to pin out to tie us. Uh, their first kid up was one hundred thirty-two pounds, and he won by decision. So at that point, we knew after the one hundred thirty-two pound match that that we had we were coming away with it. All right, so Caleb, tell me about the uh, the championship match. You won by a four-three decision. How ner- were you nervous heading into the match? And uh, you know, in your words, what did it take to win the title? Um, coming off of regionals, he had beat me eight to two. So uh, came in this week and put in, looked at the match and analyzed what I needed to work on, and just not really nervous. Just needed to go. I knew if I wrestled my match, I could win, could take control, but. Um, just letting it fly really just not worrying about anything just a normal match 
What's the environment like for you? I, I, I haven't been to a state tournament in a little while, and I don't know if they just single out the, the mats anymore, but I'm sure there was a number of Manhattan fans there. Could you hear the atmosphere around you, or are you just so locked in on your opponent that you kind of blocked out the outside noise? I try to just concentrate on myself and not really worry about any of the pressure from the fans or the big stage. Just, like I said, a normal match. Just go out there and do what you do. How long have you been wrestling? Uh, a little over 10 years now. So you would have started when you are five or six? Roughly, yeah. You know, I I'm ask, uh, should ask you about this, Coach, because I, you know, I think a good example of this is Caden Dabini. I believe he's a freshman this year, right? Yeah. But only hadn't been wrestling very long. Because no. this is a sport where, I mean, kids, like, for example, you know, brought up with Matt Walters, just talking to him in the hallway, you know, Bubba Wilson, who's right now at Nebraska, was a state champion here at Manhattan. And but he started when he was really young, and now look where he's at now. It took a long time to get good, but when he got good, he kept him, continued and got really good. Um, Caden Dabini has only been wrestling a couple of years, and his dad, by the way, is Mike Dabini, the soccer coach at K State. But he also qualified for state, and just watching him wrestle, I could tell, like, wow, just a couple of years under his belt, he got really good. Is this an easy sport to get into at that age? with little experience and, and compete really well, it, it, is it easy to do? Um, the experience helps, um, but we found uh, if, if, if Max Evans Pryor, for example, is another kid just like Caden, a freshman that started when he was a seventh grader. Uh, we found if you find those kids that are athletic kids that, that want to learn the sport and want to put the work in, uh, they can climb up that ladder rather quickly. Um, but it's putting that work in, you know, and paying attention to practice and learning the technique and, uh, kind of learning that process. Uh, so it's different for every kid, but those that do show up and uh, that want to learn and have that athletic ability. One of the things that has happened in terms of development now is that you have the girls program in the middle schools as well as the boys programs in the middle schools. Talk about that development and what that means going forward. Uh, it's going to be important. It's going to be huge for our program uh, with the middle schools having a standalone girls season. Uh, they've seen their numbers between both middle schools. We pushed over 60 girls out. Um, and a lot of that switch was now finally girls would just wrestle girls. Girls wouldn't have to mm-hmm. wrestle boys. So we're seeing an explosion of that in the kids club and our youth club here in town as well as the middle schools. And it's coming up to us. So we're trying to get ahead of it and be ready. And yeah, speaking of the girls program, Sage Rosario is now a three-time state champion. She came in, I believe she's in a military family, right? Yep. Moved in her freshman year and has never lost a match for your program. Undefeated, three years in a row, won a state championship. What what has just her resume done for your program? Have like other high school girls like saw that and be like, wow, this, this is a really cool thing. I'd like to be on her team and wrestle on that, in that program. Has, has she helped grow your program even though it's young? Yeah, I believe so. I, I think, you know, especially when she was a freshman, there was a lot of excitement. We had that very next year, we had a big group of freshmen come out. Um, and and we're, we're, we are seeing that, gro- seeing that growth within the program, and she has a lot to do with that. All right, so Caleb, how did we, first of all, what was the celebration, winning the title, not only for yourself, but as a team? How did the guys celebrate? Uh, came back and got a little bit to eat. Just, you know, uh, just having fun. You know, do you have a? Uh, I know you said you didn't. You don't have any like strict diet things you have to do to get ready for your to to weigh in. But do you have a favorite cheat meal or anything? Um, really anything. <laughs> anything. 
No, nothing you don't like. Are you saying there's nothing the you don't really don't. like? No. Okay. Well, good for you. I mean, yeah, your age, there's still some picky eaters out there. Yeah. Uh, well, again, congratulations. And by the way, that while we have you in here, Caleb, uh, I've only got to do this one other time. Mm-hmm. And I think this is really cool. Um, we have this award that goes out every week called the KMAN Student Athlete of the Week. And I'm very pleased to tell you that you'll be this week's winner of that award. So we'll have a plaque to present to you uh, a little bit later on. But uh, I want to congratulate you on that, and congratulations again on your second title win. Thank you very much. Uh, Coach, I expand a little bit further on your team this year, and I'd love to know like the names that really stood out to you this year about maybe overall improvement to leadership and about you know these, these wrestlers that qualified for state and won a state title, and also on the girls' side that also qualified for state this year, about the names that stood out and that were, you know, had really special seasons. We have a bunch of them. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> um, you know, there's, there's a few other that that we'll talk about a little bit that are, that are always there doing the right thing. They're always showing up. Uh, Logan Lagerman, he get, get third. He was a junior, finished third three years in a row. Uh, Landon Dobson, the the growth that he's made over the years, and really looking forward to him uh, for his senior season. Um, on the girls' side, Landis Lifer was able to go back, battle some sickness, was able to place the state tournament. Uh, and then Kayla, as a freshman, looking for some big things for her in the future. I got another question here for Caleb. How tough are Coach Bombas's practices? Because I, I know wrestling practices can get pretty intense. Uh, they're tough when we don't come in ready to work. Mm-hmm. It, the harder we push ourselves, the the less zippers we're going to have to run. What, what's a zipper? Um, a lot of running. Six down and backs the length of the gym with agilities mixed in between. Okay, so basically basketball court baseline to baseline, is that what yeah. we're talking about? Yeah. Oh, that's just – that's not that oh, bad, hush. is it? Oh, hush. You got a minute and five to get it done. <laughs> oh, okay, so you're talking six down and backs in a minute and how long? Minute five. I may need a few tries. No, uh-huh. And that, that's actually something we've been doing here at Manhattan and I since the 90s when I went here. So we're keeping that with us, keeping the tradition there. So it's it's a fun one. Manhattan High head coach of uh, wrestling, Sean Bombas, and 120-pound state champion, Kayla Hutchinson, is in studio. Uh, Kayla, so, I mean, wrestling can be a year-round sport. What comes next for the rest of this year, rest of this school year for you? Are you going to do any other sports? you play baseball? No, just wrestling right now. I was um, guessing by the hat. It looked like a baseball hat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Freestyle and Greco season, different style of wrestling, not not through the high school, just like through like kids club, you would say. But that and then um, postseason folk style, like folk style nationals coming up here in like three weeks. So that'll be a fun tournament to go to. Okay. And is wrestling you want to do collegiately? Yeah. All right. School's looking at you yet? Uh, talking not, to you? Not sure. Yeah. I'm sure they will be soon. I'm sure they will be soon. Coach, after this wrestling season's over, what's next uh, for you? I'm sure more or more wrestling. Is that where we're at too? Or Yeah, helping out with the kids club right now. Um, and then a little bit of downtime, hopefully get some uh, some outdoor time in there a little bit. And then summer camps and then get ready for, for next season. Well, Coach, again, congratulations on the state championship, 2024 champions of 6A. Uh, And thank you for stopping by. Thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you. Once again in studio, that is Manhattan High Wrestling Head Coach Sean Bombas and 120-pound 
6A champion Kayla Hutchinson, who's also been named the KMAN Student Athlete of the Week. Let's take a break. More of the game is coming up next. Growing up, I was always told, Mitch, you got to get into wrestling. I was like, well, you know, I watch wrestling every Monday. <laughs> I, I am already in. Uh, but no, like in high school, the wrestling coach sure. asked me to join the team because I was short and socky. Um, I did not have the, let's just say my eating habits were a little, uh, <laughs> yeah. they were not contained. Yeah, I did not have the discipline. Right. When I get hungry, I want to, you know. You know, go get a combo meal somewhere. And they're like, no, bitch, you got to run instead. No, you got to do a zipper. Yeah. Uh, yeah, listen, there was no way in, I was ever going to do a zipper in 105. Oh. That, that t- tell you what. Do six of those in one? Oh, no way. Wrestlers are some of the most disciplined athletes. Yeah, and they're You'll tough. Find. That's they're tough, why, yeah. That's why I didn't work out in the wrestling because they're tougher than me. I was like, stop, stop, stop. Easy. I, I had an easy excuse. We didn't offer it. <laughs> so small, small school. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I went to Clay Center. Clay Center was a pretty big deal in wrestling at the time. It wasn't yeah. until it wasn't until my junior year of high school that we added volleyball. Wow. AJ, did you wrestle growing up? I didn't. My dad did though, and uh, he he was pretty good at it. But then he hurt his back, and uh, then he retired from it. Good idea at that point. Did he ever <laughs> show you any old moves? If he did that, my mom would have gotten really mad at him. Because <laughs> I was not the biggest kid growing up. Yeah. I didn't wrestle when I was in high school, but I did do a little bit of bowling. And uh, I think you'll all recognize this soundbite. This was 12 years ago today. Yeah. Strike to claim it. A strike to claim it. One of the greatest Man. sports sound bites of all time for one of the best showboaters in sports history, the PBA's own Pete Weber. Man, that and, dude. And who do you think you are? I am was 12 years ago today. I swear that was 20. It feels like it was 20 years ago. It does. It feels like a very nostalgic, I was a young kid when that happened type of thing. Man. It was only 12 years ago. He's out here just in shades. That's I always thought. That dude's real good because he's playing in shape. Well, there needs to be a 30 for 30 about Pete Weber. Yeah, for sure. Because what an animal that guy is. I, you know, yeah. he is in my top five of showboaters. He and Desi Sills are up there. <laughs> I don't know. I have to think about who else I'd put up there, but they're def- they're easy. Couple, and, two in, you know, two in there. And yet he did it in bowling. In terms of you know selling was, the product, that he, was selling the product. Oh my God, was he ratings? Because bowling used to be a really big deal mm. on ABC. Mm. Like Hi, it, it I'm was, Chris Schenkel, and welcome to Bowling for Pennies. Oh, sorry. I mean, <laughs> ABC ratings for like decades was through the roof oh, of yeah. bowling. Oh yeah, and it's because of Pete Weber's dad. Because he, I can't remember his first name, but he just won a ton of titles, and then Pete Weber takes over. And he's crotch chopping and yelling at the crowd. And he's just this crazy guy in the 90s and 2000s that was ratings until, like, you know, bowling just wasn't as popular anymore. PBA is sold to these other guys. And the guys that bought it was like, Pete, we need you to come back. And you can do whatever you want. <laughs> do whatever you want. And ratings came back to bowling. For sure. And it became a big deal again. Just because he was just so out there. 
and so crazy with his antics. Now, the reminder of the K-State tie. I don't know the K-State tie. The K-State tie is... That was a St. Louis guy. uh, The fact that uh, the athletic director who hired Bill Snyder, Steve Miller, left to take a gig with Nike for a bit, later became the PBA commissioner. Oh, no kidding. Whoa. Maybe he's the one that said, hey, Pete, yeah. mm-hmm. crotch chop all you want. Light the ball on fire if you want to. That'd be really cool. <laughs> Throw it down the lane. Let's go. We need new viewers, younger viewers. Why am I Im- Im- imagining Kingpin right now? I, I mean, <laughs> Bill Murray's guy in Kingpin, man. The hair remains <sighs> impeccable. When he pulls his hand off, Woody Harrelson's hand off, and he's like, what is this? And throws it into the stands. I've actually oh. never seen that movie. Really? Oh, Mitch, you... I know. <laughs> Man, you... Oh, my God. If, if it's any consolation, that. I was kind of made to watch that movie about five years ago. It's so, legit. But yeah. I have seen the movie Alley Cat Strike. So Okay, well, that doesn't do this anybody. Listen, did anybody in Kingpin pick up a 7-10 split? Yes. Yes. Yes, they do. And in crazy circumstances as well. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not just that, but the circumstances surrounding the actual situation are even crazier. Kingpin. What's your best bowling score? Dude, I never finished a bowling game, a frame in my life. Just bowl, have fun. Hope I don't hurt myself and, yeah, drink some beers. I never, never, I don't know, 74. I got a 222 once. It's, Whoa. it's the first and only time I've ever, ever been above, like, 160. Wow. It's because I, I hit six strikes in a row. Wow. And then people started watching, and I folded. <laughs> oh, it's just it was so much pressure. I was getting so lucky, though, because I'm not one to put a curve on. I just happened to be, you know, technique was just down for half a game. Yeah. I hate bowling because I, I always end up hurting my elbow. And then I'm like, God, I'm out of shape. Bowling, I hurt my elbow. Usually the, your hand and your palm will start cramping Mine a little bit. Well, you're not used to it. Trying to, And I've never been good at spinning. I don't have big hands. I don't even try. So I, I can't spin the ball. All right, let's take a break. We'll finish up the hour with a uh, a call you got to hear because there was a team last night. As a matter of fact, it was the last winless team in college basketball. Won a game last night. The call from that game, hmm. I don't even know how to explain it. It's just, <laughs> yeah. it's wild. It's coming up next. All right, there are no more. Uh, there are <laughs> there are no more winless teams in men's Division One college basketball. Ooh. With Mississippi Valley State beating Prairie View A and M fifty seven fifty one. Mississippi Valley State is now one and twenty seven on the season. Here was the end of the game. This is the TV call. From the end of the game last night. And Andre, that's game! And that will be game! And that will be game! And that's now for the first win! First win. Oh, we're throwing the court! And we're throwing the court! We're throwing the court! Oh my god! Oh my god! So that was a, a Homer broadcast. That uh, will be game. If, if, if you can't. I mean, here's the deal. If I was calling a K State game and they just won their first game all season. Yeah. I actually I don't know if I'd be that I'd be like finally oh you know if you didn't say that that'll be game I'll be so disappointed I might you. steal that yeah that's a good one because I'm calling Manhattan girls tonight they host Topeka High Substate Semi oh we into the contest that be game 
I, I'm, not, I'm not as cool. I, I can't pull it off. <laughs> no. I can't well, pull it off. You've got to be saying it at the top of your lungs, too. <laughs> you got to be yelling it. <laughs> That'll be game. But will they storm the court? <laughs> Speaking of storming the court, I think we we'll may uh, have to bring that up in hour number two. Plus, we'll get back to the Cats. I'm liking what I'm seeing from the offense lately. Tyler Perry is playing strong basketball right now. That's also coming up, plus Jabroni of the Week. Ask us anything, hour or two of the game, and your local news. Coming up next, stick around. You're listening to the game on News Radio KMAN.